welcome back, everybody, to the newest episode of PenPodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Sharon McDermott. How are you today, Sharon? Great. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Where are you joining us from? From Westbury, New York on Long Island. Oh, very nice. A fellow New Yorker. Yep. Uh, just across the sound from me. Okay. Are you a native New Yorker? No. My original birthplace was uh, Montreal, Canada. So I was a Canadian by birth and uh, eventually became a United States citizen. Yeah. Very nice. I'm assuming many years ago, right? Many years ago, yes. <laughs> awesome. I love my New Yorkers. I can tell up front when I have a New Yorker or anyone from the Northeast that I don't have to slow down my speaking. You'll be able to understand and get it. Right. People from the South are like, you just talk way too quick. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. So are you an author by trade or is the book something that came about as a product of your life's work? Yes. Yeah, so that it's the second one. And I've always written newsletters and uh, blogs and things like that, um, articles, featured articles uh, in various uh, papers and things online. So uh, this was just a sort of a desire and culmination of some of the things in my work that I've been doing. And it really propelled me forward into talking about birth work and fertility treatments, which is, is what I do. So that's why I wrote the book. So... I, I work with plenty of people who do all different kinds of writing. So I'm curious from your perspective, what was the biggest difference, if anything, between writing short form blogs, newsletters, and then sitting down to write the book? Yeah, it, it's, it's quite a different process. So, you know, it, it takes obviously a lot longer. It took me five years to write this book and it's not a huge book, but uh, still putting thoughts together, making sense of it tying in various different themes, you know, trying to make it all gel and work. I really needed an editor for that, which is, I did hire somebody for that, but it's, you know, newsletters you can kind of do very quickly. They're just short spurts of information. This had to be a lot more thoughtful and I did a lot more research actually in particularly the goddess section of what I did and also just in any other medical information that I put out in the book. So much more time consuming in that manner. Yes, you hit it on the head. I think where a lot of people who try for their first time to write a book miss the part that it has every single part of it has to be cohesive, right? Yeah. It all has to tie in and you can't just have 14 random like talking points that you might when you're doing short form. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What was the biggest thing that prompted you to write this book? I know you said it was kind of like the culmination but when did it really start? Like, I, I should write a book. So I, when I started doing birth work uh, as a birth doula about five years ago, and I saw some things that were really wonderful, and I saw some things that were really not so wonderful, I'm um, a little scary, in terms of what women were going through in the hospital situation with birthing and laboring, not really being empowered, even women coming to me with fertility treatment and not really feeling like they could talk to their doctor, ask questions and be heard. So a combination of those things and 
so that just really made me want to provide more information to empower women to have confidence. I was seeing women coming in, not having confidence with pregnancy, with just the whole labor situation. So that's why I decided to sit down and, and write something. And I wanted to do it really with adding something interesting with the goddess archetype point of view that I thought would be, you know, helpful to women to understand where they could get their courage and their confidence and their understanding from. So that's why I did it. I love it. I usually ask this question later on when it's applicable, but since we're here right now, what impact, if any, has having the book done for you and your work? So it's still like relatively new. You know, I put it up at the end of July and I don't know, you know, it takes a while to get a momentum with the book. I had some good momentum. I think it's just making more is as an educational thing, making more awareness to women. You know, I think it's just getting the word out on um, having women more educated. So I think just for me, it's just continuing the process. It's, it hasn't really changed right now at this point, you know, my, my practice, so, so to speak, but I just feel better about having something that I can hand a patient or someone who I know who may have an interest in this and also, also just to help them through, they may have questions and have a better understanding, like I said, of getting their questions answered. I mean, I have one section just on what to ask a doctor and I have like five different types of doctors in there to ask them, you know, certain types of questions and write it down and then come in. And even though you may not get all the questions answered, they can still, you know, be prepared to have some questions answered. And just, again, taking that initiative to have women be feeling confident to just put themselves up out there and, and ask those questions, you know? Yeah. I really, we're, we're definitely going to dive into your book, I promise. But as the writer in me, I'm always very, very curious about the process and what it does for people. So at any point you, you put in this five-year labor of love, you get this book out of you finally. Yeah. During that process at all, did you ever get that spark or do you have it now where you're like, I've got another book in me? Like I didn't say it all. Yeah. Well, maybe a different subject. <laughs> so Still going on women, but I'm thinking about possibly doing a book on menopause because there isn't a lot of Western treatment since I'm a licensed acupuncturist and I do Chinese medicine. You know, women come to me because Western medicine doesn't really offer anything for that too much. So, you know, I can actually acupuncture and Chinese herbs works really well for that. So I'm thinking of that area of being something that could tap into another, you know, area for women to uh, there's a big market for that, you know, women of whatever, 50 plus uh, that could utilize that information. Absolutely. Um, and I definitely, again, want to dive into that last question on your book writing process. Knowing the last one took you five years. Yeah. Do you think knowing what you know now, the next one will take you five years or you think you can shave some time off that? I'm, I'm hoping I can. I mean, I certainly learned a lot from my editor in terms of you know, how to connect structure of things like sentences going into another chapter or, you know, how to sort of gel that particular chapter together. So the, my writing got better. You know, she said longer sentences, longer sentences. I was writing, you know, kind of short sentences, which is kind of like what I'm used to clinically when you write, you know, a report. So that's different when you're, you're writing sort of more story-like. So, uh, yeah, I think now I have a better idea of how to do that. 
So it will be short of time. <laughs> and thank you for giving editors the credit that they so rightfully deserve. I, I live and die by the motto of a good editor makes a bad writer good and a good writer great. Yeah, definitely. And my usual PSA, never try to edit your own stuff. It's just, even if you're an editor and a writer, still don't do it. <laughs> I can see that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. So Sharon, let, let's dive into the book. You mentioned a few things. You mentioned the goddess section and you mentioned your birth work, birth doula. Maybe we'll start with the birth work because I'm not sure if everyone listening, I know I'm not particularly familiar with what that is. Yeah. So yeah, a doula is the definition is really a woman who helps another woman. And there's different types of doulas. So I was a birth doula, but there's also postpartum doulas, which is after birth. And you may have heard of also end of life doulas, which are, you know, for when somebody's in hospice and dying, basically. So but I deal with the front end, the birth process. And what I do is I provide emotional support. I provide physical support. I provide advocacy for the woman and her partner, whoever that may be, to ask questions, to say, well, what do you want to do? I give the pros and cons of various medical interventions just to take one, you know, would be whether they are going to have an epidural or not. This is, you know, become a very regular thing with birthing, but it doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs one. So also, because I'm an acupuncturist, I can do pressure points that really help the woman move through each of the labor contractions. And, you know, that's going for quite a long time. You know, it's not like you just pop a baby out. It takes a while. I mean, I say it usually takes on average about 24 hours. It could take longer. It could take shorter. But particularly a lot of women hire a birth doula for the first baby because it, it generally does take a little bit longer. So I was just excited to get into that because I was doing the fertility work and then I wouldn't really get to see the baby, you know, once the product was made and the baby comes out. So I kind of wanted selfishly to see the baby too. And, you know, it's nice to have a relationship with mom and, and significant other. So it, it's just a really beautiful thing to, it's still a miracle to me when you see a baby being born. So yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting, pretty fascinating. So this this is by far nowhere near your standard kind of consultancy or coaching relationship. At the drop of a dime, you, you may need to clear your calendar and spend an entire day with somebody. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So that that's how it works. Like basically I'll, I, when I know that I'm going into an on-call period, which is about, you know, that estimated due date is just, it's estimated exactly. It's not an exact time, right? So it's about two weeks before and after that time period. And I just let all my patients know that, hey, you know, I'm doing a birth coming up and I may have to cancel. And, you know, so that it's, it's they all know and it, it works. It's only one day, basically, you know, that I'm not going to be available and, you know, and, and that works out. So, yeah, 
It's, it's, uh, and it's intense, you know, I mean, you got to be with that mom and the dad, you know, for however long it takes and you just try to do everything you can, whether it's just emotionally comforting or, you know, physically comforting, that's, that's what you're there to do. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like for all the reasons you've mentioned alone, it can be incredibly stressful and emotionally draining on you, even as a professional. It is, but it's my job to stay calm and focused to help mom stay calm and focused. That's, that's really a big part of my job. So definitely that's, that's needed in the room. And I will speak up if a, another, let's say medical professional is kind of encroaching on, you know, that, that sense of calmness and what, whatever, like when mom's having a contraction, they want to start asking questions or something. We've are, I've already discussed that with mom. I mean, we, we've already had time together to discuss like, Hey, you just have to tell them you, you can't ask me anything right now. I'm in the middle of a contraction and you got to wait, you know? And I think a lot of medical professionals, they just forget what the woman is going through at that. I mean, and this is happening over and over and over again through the time that a woman is laboring. So, you know, you try to respect both sides. You try to respect the medical profession, but you also try to respect the woman. And that's sometimes where I don't see that respect always coming through because it's sort of like the medical intervention intercedes and becomes more important than what the woman is doing, which is birthing, you know, which is laboring. So. Yeah, I'm going to leave my personal opinions out of this because I, I don't necessarily have the highest esteem for most medical professionals, uh, especially in hospital settings and the way they handle things, much like you just said, rather robotically or prescriptively. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering from, from your standpoint, I've had my own children. I've been there. I've had disagreements with doctors on certain things that we had agreed upon that were not being done as spoken. So for you, who is kind of a third party in the room, right? How, how easy or difficult is it for you to get that doctor to like, take you and listen to you and not try to just go right past you to your client? Well, I try to get the, well, sometimes the mom of course can't speak because she's you know in the middle of labor, but I get the, usually I, I can get the significant other husband, whoever it is to say, Hey, can you just ask them about this or that? And a lot of times that works well, you know, um, sometimes I will, you know, speak up if, if I need to, but I'm always, again, respectful uh, because you don't want to create a friction and a kind of, you know, adversarial kind of relationship like that because this is such a short period of time. And um, yeah, so I'm, I am like a kind of like a third wheel. But on the other hand, a lot of doctors or nurses, they do like the fact that I'm in there because they know that there's attention being paid and, you know, this birth may go quicker because I'm there and helping out. So, and, and, and a lot of times that is what happens. So they're, they're happy to have me there uh, because the nurse can't be in there. They're, they're only coming in and out because they got, you know, whatever, 10 other women there. So they're happy to, to have me there. It, it just depends on the situation. You know, you have to kind of evaluate it and who's, you know, really does the nurses are the ones that are really running the show. So it depends who's there which nurse you get at that time period. And you just, you, you have to, if it's a great nurse, great. If it's somebody who's not so happy for you to be there or just kind of wants to dictate everything, then, you know, you got to work with it, but you can speak up. I mean, and that's what I try to 
get my ladies to do. And the ones who do really well are the ones that do speak up, that can that can really, you know, stand up for themselves, even when they're in labor. Because, you know, you're kind of in and out. They're not completely out of it the whole time. But yeah, I think that's the best scenario. And, and you know, the dad or the significant other, whoever it is, also likes to be engaged. They want to have something to do. And I'm help, having them help with the physical part and also with engaging them to speak to the staff if they, you know, need to. So it usually works. Okay. I would imagine that you probably have a ton of like extended family, quote unquote, of people you've helped birth and like, it's not just after you're done, they're out of your life, right? It depends. You know, I, you know, they're hiring me for like a really short period of time. Sometimes there are people that I've known that actually came to me, you know, for one reason or another while they were pregnant or trying to get pregnant. My goal is really to have those people with me too go through with hiring me as a doula. And then sometimes they just, they could hire me last minute or they could just be somebody who just needs me for that moment in time. And, you know, I do try to keep up with some, but, but some don't, you know, and they just go their separate ways. So it just depends. Okay. You know, different, different situations. Got it. You had mentioned, I want to jump back to what we started alluding to before the goddess section of the book. So talk yeah. to me about that. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to show, like, for instance, I had, what I did was I took a couple of examples of women who I had helped as a doula. One particularly, uh, she was one of my first that I was able to support. And to me, she was like Aphrodite. And I just, so what I wanted to do was just do symbols and use sort of adjectives of women and sort of affirm that these are all attributes that they have and, and to aspire to that. So the first one I had, she was a more mature woman. She, this was her second birth. And although she had a year, uh, years in between the second, so it was 10 years in between because she had been married to another man at that point, but she was very more, much more confident in herself. And she wanted to have me there because actually in her husband's culture, which is an African culture, the men are not normally present for the birth. So, you know, but it worked out well because actually she had a midwife and she, the midwife engaged the husband. I was helping and she was just calm and able to go through it. She fortunately had that baby within seven hours, which is pretty quick. And so to me that, that represented this sort of female maturity and that sort of thing. And then there was someone else who was a different circumstance, you know, I'll just give you an example she was originally from Turkey and she just didn't have anybody with her. She was not in relations with the father of the child and really needed support. She only had, there was one person who said she may or may not be there. So that's what happens is when people don't feel like they have that support, then a lot of times they'll reach out to a doula. So that's what she, I did with her. And she was, I sort of wanted to go to where she came from and her Turkish roots. So there's a fertility goddess from Turkey. And, you know, I kind of related it to her and she had a very long labor. She had what was called labor induction, which is a medical induction because she had some medical issues. And so she needed that help. They had to induce her early at 36 weeks. So, and so when you have a medical induction, it usually does take longer. I mean, they're using drugs to promote uh, the labor and there's a lot of interventions that are happening you know they might be breaking the water they they're giving things to dilate the cervix a lot of things happening 
So, and she was, you know, not quite confident that she was going to be able to get through it. And she didn't want to have an epidural, but then she had an epidural and it did actually help her relax. And, you know, and it was just this full on, I mean, it took her over, we, we were there for a long time. It felt like 30 something hours, you know, it was a long, long process for her. Um, a lot of times when you have an induction, it can take that long. So, you know, eventually she did and she, you know, she pushed through it and she was getting very tired at the end and she did end up having to have a vacuum uh, extraction of the baby coming, you know, out because she was not really pushing, you know, as, as much as she could. So, I mean, that was because she was pushing for like a couple hours. That's what happened. So, you know, that another, you know, just two different sides of the coin, just very different births, but women who really pulled through and they did their own thing and kept encouraging her and, you know, and she was very grateful to have me and, and these, this one other person, her friend there. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Have you always wanted to write a book, but just can't seem to find the time? Do you have an amazing story to tell, but don't enjoy writing? At Pen for Hire, we specialize in extracting the words from your head and turning them into compelling written content. And we do it in your voice. So not only does the story get told, but no one will ever know you didn't do the writing. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to find out more today. And now back to the interview. This question I just need to satisfy my own curiosity. What is the longest period of time you have ever gone without sleeping? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was probably, that was, might've been one of the longer ones. Yeah, probably. I mean, cause I got, I, I kind of learned, you kind of learn as you're going along. So if there is a medical induction, I don't tend to get there right away now, but that was one of my first ones. So that was probably, I mean, you get a little cat nap here and there, you know, at night, maybe two hours. So I said that one was like, probably I didn't have sleep for about almost 29 hours, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God bless you. Um, <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to any, you know, expectant mother or couple out there who are unsure of how they want to go about doing this, what would it be? Yeah. So as far as you mean the, if they're already um, pregnant and they're already pregnant and they're, they've got a lot of anxiety around, you yeah. know, being a first time parent or giving birth. Right. So they, they should contact somebody like me. I mean, the group that I belong to is Long Island Doula Association and they have their website and they have all of us up there, you know, and you like I service mostly Nassau County, but I'll do, you know, parts of um, Eastern Queens and, like let, let's say Western Suffolk County. Um, so it depends where they live, but there's plenty of help. I mean, obviously this is something you have to pay for. It's not in, you know, covered by insurance at this point, but there is just so many pluses to having somebody like me there. Just all the things that I talked about, it's really going to relieve a lot of their anxiety. They should also take a childbirth education class. That's another really important piece to it. Um, there's other things they can do like part of that. Some people teach hypnobirthing, sort of like a breathing meditation type style. You know, I talk about those things too, because I talk about that with my other patients in practice about how to use, utilize your breath. That's, that's important, you know, when you're laboring too. So 
I just think there's just so many things I can help them with along the way. And I, I think they should just reach out. Yeah. And I but think it's really good. important for people to realize that not everything that's not covered by insurance isn't important. Insurance isn't in the business of trying to keep costs down, unfortunately, or do things more naturally. Yeah. I mean, there is a pilot study be was being done in New York City, but that was only for women who are on Medicaid because they were trying to work on the, the poorest of women who may or may not you know, have any kind of support. But that I, I don't know what's happening with that. But in general, there isn't um, coverage for it. But yes, I mean, plenty of people want to have that there. They just want to have, it's like part of your medical team. It's like part of who you're going to have. You know, it's important for them to figure out who's your gynecologist or your midwife going to be. You know, who, who, how do I fit into that piece? Um, maybe there's other doctors that they need to see. Sometimes I'm dealing with high risk patients, so they have to have other medical professionals to see. So you have to think of it like as your, what's your team there that you're going to have. I was just going to compare that to writing a book, right? You, you are an expert at this. You know who should be in kind of that inner circle and you can help guide and facilitate those conversations just like a publisher can facilitate getting your book out of your head and into other people's hands. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm there to give them referral sources. You know, if they need somebody for breastfeeding afterwards, that's where the postpartum doula comes in. If they need some help around the house, that's where the postpartum doula comes in. So I know postpartum doulas, you know, be happy to, you know, to do that. They might need something else, you know, and they might need actually psychological services. Maybe a woman's having, you know, issues, depression, anxiety could be a lot of them during, during, but even after, you know, there's postpartum depression. It's very common. So there's resources for that. We have a wonderful resource here on Long Island out in Suffolk County for that. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that they may not know where to turn, but I can certainly give them referrals for that, you know, references and resources. So that's incredible. And um, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I know you told me behind the scenes that you have a special offer for the first two listeners who want to take you up on it. So now would be a great time to let people know what you're offering, also how they can get in touch with you. And I'll preface that by saying for anyone who is interested in taking advantage of this and you choose to go through me instead of Sharon, we'll make sure that we timestamp everything and the first two people do get credit. But go ahead, please. Yes. So I wanted to offer today, Matthew, anybody, the first two people that are contacting you or me will be given a 20 minute free consultation that can either be about my doula services or about the acupuncture and herbal services. So either one of those, um, you can contact me It's several places. So I'll give you my phone number. It's 516-410-4297. You can also reach me at my email address, which is healthy healing one, two, it's one, two at gmail.com. Also, if you just want to go to my website, which is healthyhealingli.com, you can fill in your information there in a box, you know, and that'll be sent to my email address. So I hope you will take me up on the offer. <laughs> I hope so too. For everyone listening, as you know, it's always appreciated when you reach out, support our guests. Uh, you never know the value that you're going to get from a free 20 minute consultation. It could change very well your life and the life of your children going forward to meet with someone like Sharon. I know this has been incredibly informative for me and not something I was really familiar with. So I really thank you for taking the time out to educate not only myself 
but the listeners and not only on the writing process, but about all of the amazing things that you bring to the table to help women get through this, not just women, families get through this difficult time. Yeah. It can be a wonderful time too. It should be a beautiful time. That's what it should be. And that's what I want to help women with is that it shouldn't be a traumatic time. It should really be a beautiful time and that we can just make that better. Absolutely. Parting words of wisdom. So for everyone listening, please head over to Sharon's website, give her a phone call, reach out to me. You all have my contact information, drop a note on the show, either on YouTube, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, as those drops come in, we'll make sure they get to Sharon. We promise the first two will get their free 20 minute consultation. And we really appreciate you all tuning in as always. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of the pen podcast. Sharon, thank you once again, so much for being here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. 